and welcome back to a Opinions F1 special. Avery Saunders. Joining me today is the Rumors Barrichello to my Jensen Button, the Heike Coma Liner to my Lewis Hamilton. It's Carl Pierce. Hello, everybody. More age jokes. How original. They weren't age jokes. They were basically saying that you you were my supporting role. (laughs) I feel like you were the. If I do it again, I'll say you're the the Christian Bale to my Heath Ledger. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that was quite a nice introduction for you. No. Spot on. You know, Rubens was pretty decent in his day. It was. I mean, Rubens was. Uh, I mean, Rubens was robbed at Ferrari, and yeah, I hate Michael Schumacher for that. But let's let's not talk about him. Um, <laughs> so uh, as we, I, it's a bit late, but we we're here to talk about the Styria Grand Prix that came from the Red Bull Ring. Uh, obviously, back-to-back races at Austria as we had it last week, where the Mercedes looked dominant as ever. But this week it was completely different. Um, Torrential downpour threatened to ruin qualifying, threatened to abandon qualifying altogether, but they managed to get out there. Um, I think qualifying was very, very exciting. I, I think the rain is the best in terms of Formula 1. It just, make, it just shows the, the men from the boys, so to say. Yeah, nothing makes um, Formula 1 more interesting and exciting than a, a splash of the old H2O on the track. No, doesn't. If I had my case, I'd I'd have like fire trucks go around and just spray the track constantly with water. <laughs> but I, I mean, the FIA just keep rejecting all of my uh, my suggestions. So you know, shocking. They don't know John, what they what they're doing. No, John Todd's just mean. He's a mean <laughs> old man. Um, but obviously, the talking point to take from qualifying was the sheer pace of Lewis Hamilton. Uh, took pole position 1.2 seconds quicker than Max Verstappen, who qualified in second. Um, I don't, I, I don't think anything else apart from spellbinding can be said about that lap. No, it was truly awesome. I mean, as much as we gave him a load of stick in our last podcast, you can't take it away. Uh, he's, he's the master in all weather situations. The rain, it just doesn't seem to affect him. And to be fair, Max does pretty well in the rain as well. He got second. He did yeah. spin off in his last lap, which was looking quite quick, but it wouldn't have been as quick as um, Hamilton's. No, but imagine being imagine imagine having a dis uh, a disagreement with someone who called Max Verstappen overrated. I mean, me and Carl had a very <laughs> we had a big disagreement with this one person who said that Max Verstappen is overrated, and. Oh, we were quite civil. No, we were, but you know, this guy is the sort of person who would call Cristiano Ronaldo a tapping artist. So that's a that's the sort of person you're dealing with. Yeah, a man who has scored many goals outside the area. <laughs> he scored a, a spectacular goal from out, well outside the area on that very day. He was calling him a tapping artist, <laughs> uh, ironically enough. I think Cristiano Ronaldo saw that post and went, fuck you. And then just banged yeah. <laughs> But from, from one superstar to another one, uh, I do ask you a question about Lewis Hamilton. Is Lewis Hamilton the best wet-weather driver you've seen? Obviously, you've been watching Formula 1 a lot longer than I have. Um, obviously, I know how good Schumacher, I saw how good Schumacher was. I saw how good Senna was. 
Uh, Jensen Button was really good in the wet, but Lewis Hamilton just seems to be, in my eyes, better than all of them. Would you agree? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, you have to go to that race. I think it was Monaco with Senna just absolutely blitzing everybody on the track, almost catching up uh, Valam Prost from way back down in the pecking order. I mean, he was going so much faster than everyone else in that race, Ayrton Senna. Um, Schumacher, again, he was the master in the wet. And you can't forget Canada. Um, I forget the year now when Button was basically at the back. And he came back and won the race because he was the only one going, <laughs> putting in any pace in the rain. And I also remember another race with Button when everyone was changing to wet weather tyres and they asked Bonnie coming in to change to wet and but just because he said, No, nah, it's nowhere near that yet. <laughs> <laughs> so um I think so, you know, I, I, I think the evidence is there to say Hamilton is definitely up there with them. Uh to say he's the best I, I don't know. because watching those other three I've just mentioned, um I've, on a par, I, I wouldn't say better. Yeah, I mean, I uh, when I first came around, Ed said it was obviously when he, he said with Monaco when he was in a tournament of all cars as well, a tournament that was mm. relatively shit, and he managed to get it, let's say, catch Alan Prost. I think he would have won the race as well, apart from Prost being a whiny Frenchman. Yeah, um, and also, <laughs> um, well, you know, yeah. and uh, also what. Watching um, uh, the European Grand Prix at Donington as well, where he started fifth, and in five corners he went from fifth to first. And that, uh, and, um, that was Senna. And it was just mm. incredible. I thought it was a top kid, obviously, he did that. And Martin Brunner just said he was, he was just that damn good in the wet. And uh, Button at Canada, Button at Canada, six, pole, six uh, pit stops Button had to do. Yeah. Um, it was amazing he won from that. That was incredible. I mean, he took he took Hamilton off. Uh, he took Hamilton off down the straight because he couldn't see him. Where he could see him, and Hamilton, <laughs> Jensen touched me, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he he got a stop go penalty, and then kept coming for a new wing, and then he had kept changed touch. It was a brilliant race. Um, Schumacher, I never saw much of Schumacher in the wet because obviously I was. I wasn't watching it avidly then, but I, I, I've I've heard how good he was. He was very good, yeah. Again, it didn't seem to slow it down. It's like after the Canada race, they asked um, why how button they asked button how he won. He just said, "Well, he goes, yeah, it wasn't that I was going faster than everybody else. Everyone else just seemed to slow down for some reason." Yeah. It was just, I, I, I think basically it's just I, he could have made a better joke and say from England and the, it, it's always raining in England so mm. you know that, that would have been a, a patriotic reason why he won that race but they obviously uh, don't have the fear factor and they're prepared to go fast in, in the wet and then they obviously know they've got the control over the car because you see some drivers a splash of rain and they're spinning out all over the flipping show aren't they I mean, hence, uh, well, I've got to say his name. I can imagine Roman Grosjean doing something like that. So, you know, 
mean, <laughs> Bottas has traditionally struggled in the rain a bit as well, to be fair. But he did. He didn't do too bad this this qualifying. No, he didn't. I mean, like, he, I mean, he does help having the fastest car as well in terms of the Mercedes will probably help Bottas. But yeah, he he, he put his car there. Um, it was. Uh, we're not really going to talk much about the race because it was basically it was a bog standard Mercedes one two. Uh, Hamilton winning from Bottas. It, 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 I mean, it was it was a good Grand Prix towards the end. If you if you find the midfield, I mean, uh, Lando Norris um, finishing fifth. Uh, he did qualify six but starting ninth because of um, a penalty penalty that he, he incurred, but he could could take fifth, overtaking uh, Stroll and Perez on the last lap. And I think Lando Norris has been absolutely incredible this weekend. Well, not this weekend, but the past two weekends in Austria as well. I think he's just... He seems to have elevated himself to that status of that he's not just the rookie. He's really good. He's actually a very good racing driver. Yeah, he's stepped up. He's comfortable with the car and he's making the most of the extra pace that McLaren have now found. They've, yeah. You know, they've been in the doldrums for so long and yeah, the the change to um, well, they're using a Renault engine, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah, seems to have worked for them. They just couldn't get on with that Honda engine for for whatever reason. Um, and they might even get even more pace when they switch to the Mercedes engine again. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, yeah, a lot can be said about the Renault engine. Saying, "Oh, sorry, the, the Honda engine it didn't work." Yeah, granted, they changed a lot of components in the first couple of years, but. Red Bull and Toro Rosso, sorry, Alpha Tauri, sorry, managed to make it work. And I think I, I don't, I don't think all the blame can be pointed at Honda. I think McLaren no. have got to take McLaren have got to take a big look at it with their chassis and also their uh, aerodynamics and the design of the car. And obviously, it didn't suit. I mean, everyone thought, oh, here we go, McLaren and Honda back together again, back to the good old days of. Where now I'm absolutely monstering everybody, like the, the late 80s, early 90s, until Williams obviously took over. But everyone thought it hurt to that. And Fred Alonso bought into that dream as well, and it didn't work out at all. But now I think going to the Renault Mention, I think they found success with the car as well. It, it, it looks good, but I am worried them going to Mercedes engines. Is it going to be a step back for them? Because, yeah, you could have a Mercedes engine, but I'm going to put it out there. Look at Williams. Williams have got a Mercedes engine, and Williams are still the worst team on the grid in terms of pace. Yeah, but then um, the racing point have a Mercedes engine. Yeah, but Mercedes. We'll, we'll get. I mean, we'll they've get been to doing. The- they've been doing. They've been doing pretty well. I don't know. It, it's. It's. You don't know until they've got through testing and. They're on the racetrack with, with the engine. It's hard to predict. Yeah, I agree with you there. But, I mean, it's nice to see that McLaren are, McLaren are second in the uh, Constructors' Championships as well. And you're just thinking, after the years they've had, to basically sit where they are, it's, I hope that they're back, not just for a season, but they're actually back where they belong. Because, yeah. They are one of the greatest teams in Formula One, in Formula One history. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, when, when I started watching Formula One, it was McLaren and Ferrari were on top. 
And I think it's a nice little segue to talk about Ferrari right now. In terms of the race, Ferrari obviously retired both cars. Um, Charles Leclerc taking off Sebastian Vettel's rear wing in the first lap and then having to retire with floor damage. Uh, fair play to Leclerc for taking full blame, but do you think this is a dark time for Ferrari? It does seem to be. Um, you know, if we go back to qualifying, they didn't have the pace again. And, um, yeah, um, Leclerc, you know, the, the top drivers, they don't want to be at the back. They want to force their way through as many positions as they can. That's understandable. Um but you know the gap just wasn't there. But you know, and, and his own teammate as well. He, he should have um, displayed more caution. Really, um, Leclerc. That's not a good, not a good mistake to make. No, especially when he's like been offered the, the deal he's been offered to, to race till twenty twenty four, and obviously Vettel being let go. I do think it's a bit of inexperience on Leclerc's part. Yeah, possibly. And as you said, probably go for a gap that he probably saw was there. But I think as he gets older, I think maybe that race craft will come in. Uh, like it, I think. Look, look at. I mean, I know it's only two races, in, but I mean, Max see Max Verstappen's race craft seems to have got a lot better. He doesn't see. He doesn't look like he's making the silly mistakes anymore. I know that he spun off in qualifying, but that was. I think he was just trying to get as much out of that car as possible in yeah. the wet conditions. I mean, you can say what you want. That that Red Bull isn't as quick as um, the Mercedes, and we'll talk a bit more about that in a yeah. second on this pod. Um, but Verstappen just he, he ekes every last drop of power out of that car, I, I believe. Just, I mean, he reminds me of... Uh, I think perfect way I can describe him at the moment uh, with what he's doing with that Red Bull is Alonso in 2012. Yeah, I was about Alonso to say had, that. Alonso had an absolute dog of a Ferrari car. It was it did not deserve to be anywhere near where it was. And yet Fernando Alonso managed to take it to the last race of the season to win the title, which I think he lost just I think he lost by three points. And he does see in that way that Max is very much like a uh, and there was times in um, the McLaren that he managed to eke decent performance out of it when uh, it had no right to no right to finish where it was in races and and whatnot. Yeah, I mean Fernando Alonso is is probably my favourite driver in terms of just the sheer tenacity of him. I mean, I like if I, if I had to do a top. If I had to do a top five, ask me now and then, Alonso would be in my top five. Not too sure he'd be in my top five, but he, he's definitely one of my favourites. And yeah. while we're on the subject, um, he's making a big return to uh, Formula yeah, very One. Big return. I mean, obviously, it is, it's been announced that he's signing for Renault for the third time in his career. Um, it's a big statement of intent by Renault. Signing yeah. for that Alonso, but is this? Do we think? Do you think this could be another McLaren incident for Fernando, or do you think it could yield some success? I don't know. Uh, what is it? Is he forty now? Did I hear? Thirty-nine. 
So you, 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 you'll be 40, I think you'll be 40 by the time it gets to the grid. I mean, maybe after being out for a while and at that age, perhaps you'll just be happy to have a, a drive that's reasonably competitive. Yeah. You know, we won't know until he's racing how competitive that car is and, and how happy he is where it is. But um, imagine being nearly 40, race. Just some bad thinking about. Imagine being 40. Uh, I, can't, I can't, mate. I just can't. I mean, I. I mean, I'm 25, and I hate being 25. It makes me feel very old. <laughs> especially, next, I mean, especially next to my brother. My brothers are my brothers are younger than me, and I just look at them, and it, it's hate. It's not. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's not. Oh, it's. It, I love them. No, it's hate that they are that young, <laughs> and I am. I'm old and grey, and I, I ache. I, I make noises when I sit down, Carl. I say ah oh, when I sit down. At least you don't watch the race and think to yourself. Christ, I'm old enough to be Jean de Klerk and um, Max Verstappen's um, father. Cried that. <laughs> <laughs> Not dad, cried dad. <laughs> Not quite that old. I know, I know. You want to be Lando Norris's granddad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but no, I see what you mean. But um, yeah, Fernando coming back, I mean, Obviously, it's big for the team that they've got some of that experience to come in and help them develop the car. And also, uh, Ocon as well have got a teammate to learn from. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, Fernando's been known for his help of young teammates. I mean, look how much he helped Lewis Hamilton in 2007. There was, there was no animosity there at all. Um, it's not like Fernando Alonso kind of made his teammate crash to a wall in Singapore. <laughs> Uh, so Alonso is a helpful person, but I yeah, think this. Yeah. I think. He, I think. I, I think the McLaren thing probably humbled him in a way. Possibly. I mean, you look at it. He went there thinking, "Oh, right, well, I'm going to absolutely dominate." And I do think if Fernando Alonso was in that 2017 Ferrari, I think he would have won a world title. Because that car, I mean, that car was better than Mercedes in every way, and yet Vettel. And Roy could have just couldn't get the max out of it. Yeah, I do, I, think... I do think it's not just the drivers. I mean, Ferrari, they 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 just don't seem to be able to get their team orders and um, race tactics in order as well. Instead of sort of, they, they seem to be a reactionary team. Instead of planning ahead, they seem yeah. to wait for what everybody else is doing. And by that time, it's too late, and they miss out on the undercut or the overcut and, and whatnot. Instead of um, being more decisive themselves, they seem to wait. They seem to wait on what everyone else is doing, or leave stuff too, or leave stuff too late. Hence, yeah. why they go through team principles like there's no tomorrow. Well, the, it, it, it's it's not even that. I mean, you look at it. Bar, I mean, bar this. Um, the Roikinen and Vettel partnership, which is what four years, I want to say, four seasons that they had together, maybe uh, more, somewhere maybe. around that area, isn't it? Yeah. That, that I mean, it, I mean, they had Alonso and Massa, but Massa, Massa knew he was number two. Yeah, Roikinen mm. knew he was number two when Vettel came in, and Massa knew he was number two when Alonso was there. But it seems like now it basically is free for all because Leclerc thinks he's number one. Vettel thinks he's number one. 
And the team just seems to disarray. But Benato just looks like an accountant. He doesn't look like a man who's going to lead you to victory. No, he's a man who's going to lead you to spreadsheets, Tony Khan. And he, um, yeah, he just doesn't look like a leader. Whereas, oh, what was his name? The, the one before, is it? Um, I can't, I'd probably butcher his name if I said it, but he seemed like, he, he looked like a man who was, yeah. Um, I can't think of you, me neither, sorry, mate. Yeah, uh, is it Maritza Arif Bene or something like that? I, I think his name was. But Could be, he looked, yeah. He, he looked like a man who was in charge. He looked stern. He looked like he wouldn't take shit off anybody. And yet Ferrari got rid of him because he didn't want to win a, a title. But I do think Ferrari are in disarray. I think the, the golden years of Schumacher and co. have to be forgotten for them. If, if I had to compare Ferrari to uh, just get to football... I'd compare Ferrari to Man United. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I thought, sorry, I was waiting for you to elaborate on that. <laughs> what, what, why I compare them to Man United is they are they they were once wildly successful. Yeah, yeah, wildly won everything that could possibly be won. They and they won it consistently, and then they're great. So they're great driver or they're, they're great play. I mean, can we compare Ferguson to Michael Schumacher? Yeah? Yeah. Well, maybe great. even Ross Braun. I mean, when he was a, yeah. when he left Ferrari, it didn't help things either. Well, no, I, I, I give you that one. But I think I think if you're looking at it, Schumacher, again, I can't no, actually even compare them. Compare Ross Braun to Ferguson, a man who took no shit and knew how to run the team. And yeah. You only have to now, look. You only have to look at what Ross sorry, you only have to look at what Ross Braun did to a to a Tim Pot team he, he put together at the last minute. Yeah. Braun racing. All of a sudden they went they had the fastest car for half a season. Bizarre. You know, it was one of the most bizarre things. And yet and yet people say, Oh, he was a failure at Mercedes. It wasn't a failure at Mercedes. He laid no, he he laid the foundations for what Mercedes are. Yeah. And but yeah, I, I, I see your point about Ross Braun is like Alex Ferguson. The fact that he goes, the team sort of loses its its edge, and then if I, if I can compare Schumacher, I compare Schumacher to Roy Giggs. Yeah, you know, like that that stalwart of the team is gone, and that it feels like the essence of Ferrari's gone. Like the essence of Man United went when Giggs went. So that's why I compare Ferrari to Man United if I, ha- if I had to compare to somebody but I think they need to just have a whole reset and maybe yeah. have the reset I think maybe they'll be back to where they was but it, uh, Formula 1 is a very hard hard thing to fix I mean the trouble is as well with your teams I mean drivers are on that much money and you know they, they they just know they're not they're they're not going to get punished for just a slap on the wrist for disobeying team order. So so that's why they, so that's why they they can push it. You know if the team was brave enough to suspend them for a race or give them a really big fine, maybe they would be more inclined to follow the team orders. But that's the Ferrari will find a way of getting out of it. That's they always do. It's it's Ferrari. They always find a way of whining or. 
threatened. No, what I mean is Ferrari themselves, they need to sort of oh, punish yeah. their drivers if they're not going to obey team orders. Yeah. No, I agree with you there. Um, but I, I, I do think, I think, I think already this season's a write-off for Ferrari. Already. I mean, the thing is, there's so few races this, this season. I mean, I'm not quite sure how they're going to plan it out if these few races they got scheduled will be it and I'm grand a world champion from that or like you suggested uh, to me privately that they bleed this season into next season um, but yeah it's the car's not fast enough they're making mistakes yeah it's not good and I don't know if it'll change much with when Carlos Sainz joins I mean he's a driver that needs to prove himself and wants to win I mean, is he going to follow team orders when push comes to shove? Well, this is the thing. You, you can't think, though. It's, can you imagine him coming in and playing second fiddle to Leclerc? Because let's be honest, Charles Leclerc is, is a fantastic racing driver. Yeah? Yeah. Fantastic. He hasn't really set the world light, has he? That's the thing. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's had the, really had the car t- to do it. I mean, last season he was he was consistently outperforming uh, his teammate, who is Sebastian Vettel. So he's definitely yeah. got something about him. But then you, you compare it to Verstappen. Verstappen's car really isn't the best. But yet Max Verstappen's basically eek every little bit of horsepower and every little bit of performance out of that car. Yeah, and but he's, he's overrated though, mate. So. Oh, I, I just don't think I don't think Leclerc can, and that's why I'm baffled that they're replacing that they just get they've just dumped Sebastian Vettel the way they have. I think if if Vettel had a season in this car and if he did perform in this year, yeah, maybe yes, think about it. But this car, yeah. the, the car is just, the car is just, it's crap. He has made he has made mistakes though. I mean, he should have won that world championship that one. Was it 17 or 18? And he had those silly little crashes that were, you know, his own doing. Yeah. I, I, I just got a soft spot for it him. Is, I think it is a cutthroat. Yeah, I think he's a great driver and I like him, but, you know, it is a cutthroat. It is a cutthroat business. And Ferrari are under so much pressure to, to win races. They obviously think now's the time to have a new young, hungrier driver lineup, perhaps. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 hope, I mean, I hope it works out for I hope that they come back and I hope that they start winning racing because we're looking for, when Ferrari are poor, F1 is poorer for it. But when Ferrari yeah. are on song and when Ferrari are basically being what they should be, the best team on the grid, well, one of the best teams on the grid, then F1, F1's more exciting. But, um, moving on to a team that's grabbed headlines this year with the pace of their car, uh, Racing Point. Uh, Renault have protested against the Racing Point's Racing Point cars, or as they're affectionately called, the Pink Mercedes. <laughs> um, so, in a statement, I've just got just got some statements here. This is from Twitter from Renault. Renault said they've submitted a request to the stewards of the event. For clarification on the legality of the Racing Point RP20, um, so what the what the so basically it's, the stewards have impaired the front and rear brake ducts 
um, uh, so I can do an analysis of those pieces because basically it could be the same as the Mercedes of last year. And so what the FIA have done is they've asked Mercedes to provide the front and rear brake ducts of the W10 to be inspected. So I'm not really sure the punishment that could be, but if it is the case, basically this car could be scrapped in a way and basically told to redesign a whole new car, which is not cheap in Formula 1. <laughs> I mean, that could potentially sink racing point. I think, I think to do that. I mean, because I thought, I thought they weren't going to um, investigate it any further because they, you know, it all been green lit for the start of the season. So that's actually yeah, news to me that they've request, requested that. Yeah, it's it was, they did it. They did it after the um, the Grand Prix because what they've done is the, the Renault lodged the complaint hours after the race. Um, they just wanted the clarification of the gallant of the car. And yes, Racing, Racing Point have been honest. So I'm just going to read this off. Um, Scott, I've got Sky Sports F1. So, right, um, so Renault said it re- requested clarification on the gallant of their rival's car, which Racing Point have said has been influenced by last year's Mercedes. Stewards deemed the protest admissible on Sunday night with the brake ducts of Racing Point's cars in pain for analysis by the FIA. And Mercedes have also been asked to submit the brake air ducts on their 2019 car. Uh, so, Racing Point had issued a statement on Monday. Uh, they um, they're extremely disappointed to see its results of Steve Grubbery questioned by what it considers to be a misconceived and poorly informed protest. Any and all suggestion of wrongdoing is firmly rejected, and the team will take all steps necessary to ensure the correct application of reg- regulations to the facts. Prior to the start of the season, the team cooperated with the FIA and satisfactorily addressed all questions regarding the origins and designs of the RP20. The team is confident that the protest will be dismissed once it has presented its response. Now, it's, it, it, it seems like they have, as they've said, they've, they've not held anything back. They've helped the FIA with their um, investigation. So, is this a case of whiny French people? Um, yes, it probably is. I mean, it's happened before in racing, didn't um, Toro Rosso start off with what was basically um, the previous year's Ferrari? <laughs> that, that, that was, and fun. no, uh, and no one complained. You know, no one was complaining that because they weren't they weren't very quick. Probably, but because this racing, I mean, if racing point weren't. You know, up the top end of the grid and being super fast, no one would be batting an eyelid if they were, you know, further down the packing order and not worrying anybody. No one would be complaining. But because they're quicker than Renault and getting, you know, finishing high high end in the standings, so people are complaining. It just it annoys me. I mean, I know F one's always always been about politics. Uh, oh yeah, it has. It always it really has. But it just basically seems it, it basically seems like tip for that. Say, oh, you're quicker than me, so I'm going to shout at you. But no, you're quicker than me, so I'm going to shout at you. Me, me, me. Man up, your babies. <laughs> Honestly, I work. My job, yeah, I worked with three year olds who argue less than grown Formula One people. <laughs> and 
I look at them and I just, I, I look at them and just go, you are absolute tits. Man up. Set it. If you've got a problem, settle it face to face. Don't go through stewards. I know it's, a, I know it's procedure, but come on. Absolutely. It just annoys me. It's really, really, really annoys me, Formula One. And it is kind of off-putting in a way. Hmm. A lot of sports like this, though, now, isn't it? Everything's um, politics and and whatnot. I mean, yeah, uh, obviously, we're going to do a Bad to Media podcast soon, but we are Yeah, and we'll be talking about another sporting company that's got away with got away with it basically yeah and apparently it's a good day for football yeah okay pep um <laughs> but I, I i just want to touch on um just um back to, to, to the steamer grand prix i just want to touch on um go back to race point sorry they really haven't they, they haven't impressed me with all the hype around them i thought they've absolutely how 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 they perceive it? They they've been fighting for podiums and stuff like that. They they really haven't. And yeah, they're not quite there. We how we were led to believe from testing and yeah. um, and whatnot. Um, do you, is it the car? Is it the drivers? I mean, if you I mean if you put spare drivers in the cars, would they get more out of it? Well, that's the thing. You, 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 that's the thing. You, you don't. It is could say you put Lewis Hamilton in that car. Could Lewis Hamilton get to the podium? Probably easily, I would imagine. Yeah. Could, could I, I reckon Perez could? I reckon. I just don't think. And this is not a knock at him. I just don't think Lance Stroll is. Good enough. He's a, he's good. He's a good. He's a, he has his moments, but he does just feel like he's there because his daddy owns the team. But the thing is, I mean, they wanted a better driver lineup. Stroll's not going to get. Oof, does he? So it'd be Perez that. It'd be Perez that went. Yeah, I mean, there's all talk about. Um, Vettel going there for next season to replace that'd Perez. Be, that'd be interesting, actually. I, I wouldn't mind seeing seeing that to see what Vettel could get out of the car. I mean, yeah, obviously he's going to be Aston Martin from next season, but it's not fair on Perez. I mean, it feels if Perez gets dropped, it feels very much like the Hulkenberg situation. A very good race, a solid racing driver being dropped because of money. Yeah. And it's a shame. I, I mean, Nico Hulkenberg deserves to be on that grid more than and more than Kevin Magnussen. Or, oh yeah, definitely. Or or, or or the world's greatest driver, Roman Grosjean. I mean, Magnussen was meant to be a prodigy, wasn't he? He was brought into um, McLaren, wasn't he? But yeah, it, 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 after the season, he's never really set the world on fire like like he was sort of promised. Well, he got, he got a podium in his first race for um, for McLaren. That was McLaren's last podium until uh, Carlos Sainz last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he did nothing. And then he went to Renault. Did nothing at Renault. 
then goes to Haas and has only just told the only the only thing he's done there of note is tell Nico Hulkenberg to suck his balls. <laughs> now that's saying a lot that your finest moment in a Haas car is an interview. It does. And they're a team that I'm concerned about Haas. They're yeah. not performing. They're a they're a very small team. Um, I do I do worry for their future. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, they are. Yeah, I mean, everyone said, oh, they're they're basically they're they're like a junior Ferrari team in a way. They're really not. I mean, I know they had Esteban Gutierrez there for a season. When Gutierrez was a Ferrari junior driver, I think. At that yeah, time. and he did nothing because Esteban Gutierrez was shocking. Um, never got po- never got a point in Formula One. Esteban Gutierrez, um, and it feels it does feel like the way the fact that the, the drivers have got it's not going to elevate them at all. And it got shown in the race. They had a poor race, poor qualifying, poor everything. They were just poor. Yeah, I mean, I think um, Grosjean's had enough enough chances now to to set the world on fire and show he's a world class driver. He's just not done it. I, I think the I think Haas, whether they got the money to at the moment, but they need to review their driving lineup if anything. I, I, I was shocked that they kept them two for this season. I, I honestly thought Hulkenberg, Hulkenberg's on the market. Go and get Nico Hulkenberg. He's a solid driver. And to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised. I think if I was uh, good to Steiner and the possibility of Perez being available and Hulkenberg is still Yeah, free. that doesn't sound like a bad one. Driving lineup for a team of hats. Has his stature actually? Yeah, they, did, they, did, they did really well together at Force India. So, what to say they won't do good again at Haas? So, it just it just baffles me with Haas. But um, we'll get to we'll, we'll get to driver of the driver of the weekend. Who are you going to give driver of the weekend to, Carl? Well, it's got to be uh, Charles Leclerc, hasn't it? I mean, <laughs> who else could it be? Yeah, oh. Charles Leclerc, yeah. <laughs> It's obviously Lewis Hamilton. He, uh, as I say, I know we gave him a lot of grief last weekend, and I still stand by that he's a whiny little git at times. But the, you know, he was untouchable this weekend. Absolutely untouchable. Yeah, I, I agree. It's got to be. I mean, Hamilton. It, it felt like Hamilton sent a message to Bottas this weekend, basically yeah. saying, "Yeah, you might have won last week, but I'm still here, bitch. I'm still the master." Yeah, I'm I'm better than you in every single fucking way. Do not do, do not overstep yourself, sir. I mean, but as for me, I was lucky to get second. Um, yeah, it just seemed to uh, the bit of that wing damage and something just seemed to slow um, Max down. They don't seem to manage the tires as well, do they, Red Bull? Which is a bit of a problem. And uh, um, the they're in that weird catch twenty two. Do we? Risk bringing him in and getting the tyres, but losing a pl- losing the place, or do we leave him out and risk losing the place because the tyres are going to go? Yeah, but it, 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 that's why I thought Formula is so so pernickety. 
but even but even so, I mean, even third, he was so far ahead of everyone else. He, he had a free pit stop anyway towards the end. I mean, yeah. we, we were told he was so overrated that he's he's not that much further ahead than Albion, but he is because he had a, he had a free pit stop. It, you know he's he's all you know he's always so far ahead of his teammates. And that's why I think he's one of the best drivers on the grid because he gets so much out of a car. You know yeah. he's he's competing with Mercedes and sort of challenging them for podiums, where everyone else, even the person in the same car, is light years behind. I mean, you look at what he's got twenty three podiums now. Twenty three podiums, eight race victories. Um, he's yeah in an era dominated by Mercedes. He's done that. So yeah, you can argue he hasn't won enough, but you know he's he's racing in, in a in a Red Bull against a Mercedes team that is practically untouchable. Yeah, he's, he, as I said, he's lots of Lando Alonso racing against those Red Bulls in a, in that Ferrari. That was absolute shot, and yet Alonso managed to eke out podiums and mm. and. And pole positions from that from that uh, era. So um, yeah, I agree. Then there, there are tracks where that Red Bull is the best car as well. I don't know whether those tracks will be on the calendar this year, though. To be honest, so we'll have to just wait and see. Oh yeah, I mean that they always do well around Hungary and stuff like that. So mm. that's the race coming up. Obviously next, um, we move on to the Roman Grosjean Award. So. Uh, for the worst drive of the weekend, Carl, who's it going to be? That does have to be uh, Charles Leclerc. Yeah. Uh, poor in qualifying and on the first lap to, to to crash and take off your own teammate. It, it can't go to anyone else, in my view. No, the 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 the, uh, the Roman Grosjean award goes to Charles Leclerc. So Charles, expect a, a Roman Grosjean cookbook coming your way. <laughs> 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 And then I'm gonna obviously because it was back to back races in Austria. Who has been your driver of the Austria uh, part of Formula One, the Austrian segment? Um, I, I think overall it it does have to be Lewis Hamilton. To be fair, really. So, so for, for the whole two weekends, the whole two weekends in Austria, it's Lewis Hamilton. Um, remind me where did he finish in the first race? Because uh, he finished, he finished fourth because he crashed uh, off with Albon, didn't he? That was it. Um, he, that's, what, mean, that's what we took the category for whining. So it's, it's probably between him and and Norris. Yeah, I mean Norris has been outstanding that um, McLaren, but I mean a, a fourth and a. And the first, I mean, he was just so commanded in that second, second weekend. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm, fourth isn't all. I mean, fourth isn't awful. I mean, it is for Hamilton standards, but yeah. Um, if I had to pick a driver of the whole Austria thing, it is it is Lando Norris. I think he's he's stepped up this week. The, the last two weekends, like he's shown that he can be. The future of McLaren, in a way, with what he's able to do. I mean, Formula One is in such good hands in the future with um, Verstappen, Leclerc. 
I know Le- we've we've slated Leclerc this week. This week, but Leclerc was quality. So oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. Uh, he's, not. He's still a quality driver. He just made he just oh, made yeah. an error of judgment basically, and he's in a car that seems to be going nowhere fast. Yeah, big time. I mean, and also, I I I know that he's obviously at the back of the grid, but George Russell as well looks to be a good talent. I mean, twelfth in a, I know it was rain effect, but twelfth in a in a Williams was superb. So yeah. I, I I do think Formula One's in a good space, but I do I, I would say my driver of Austria was is Lando Norris for what he's achieved. Yeah, I mean he would be number two for me. So. Yeah. Uh, as much as I, I do dislike Hamilton, I have got to go with him. Yeah, I, mean, it, I just hate how good he is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how good he is. I just I hate how whiny he is. If he wasn't on the radio every five minutes, whinging and pulling dirty tricks like he did of Albion in the uh, the first race, where he can't handle being taken over. It's funny. Man, no, you did do that to me. I'm going to run you off the track. It's like one race when he, he went for pit stops and he's whining. Why Why is he? Why is Bass on different tyres than me? Why am I on that tyre? You're, <laughs> you're on a different strategy. We're still planning on you finishing ahead of him. Stop panicking. Or when Bottas has been brought in before him when he's leading the race, which is standard procedure. Why was I brought in then? I, I, think, well, I, think, I, I think the best one I've got of him was at Suzuka, where Bottas was ahead and Lewis went, so that's it, we're at the race then. I just I didn't tell Bono to shut up. But for no, just because they wanted, I mean, they wanted to win the constructors, and yet he mm. tells them to shut up when, they, when um, he didn't get his own way. But yeah. But he, he's superb, and I, I, I see why you picked him as your driver of Austria. Um, so, yeah. Obviously, Formula One is back in... Uh, it, it goes to Hungary, and I'm very much looking forward to the whole game. I, lo- I love Hungary. It's a yeah. good track. It's a great track. I mean, obviously, ho- hopefully we get another Hamilton for Stafford battle that we got last year. It was incredible. Um, who? What's your predictions? Your top, we'll go for your top three, and uh, your top three for qualifying, and your top three for the race, Carl. Top three for qualifying, I'll say Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. Yeah. And I think they'll finish that order in uh, the race as well. I'm going to go Hamilton, Hamilton, Verstappen, Perez. The three for qualifying. And the race, I'm going to say Hamilton, Verstappen, Albon. Ooh. Hopefully, Albon, Albon gets his first podium. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I, I mean, he's still doing far better than Gasly managed, and yet he's still, you know, miles behind an overrated yeah. r- racer. So I don't know what that makes Albion. It just, it just, it, it's like I, I I'm just gonna try and compare it. It's like. <sighs> If I if I again I'm going to make the Alonso comparison with Verstappen because I think it's very apt. Alonso and uh, Fisichella. So when those were both at Renault together, Fisichella just couldn't couldn't get the max out of that car that Alonso did. Mm. So it, it just felt that way. Or, Schum, or I'm going to say Schumacher and everyone else, but yeah. 
But Schumacher had team orders, so... <laughs> I mean, probably, I mean, Hamilton's one of the best, if not the best driver, and he's usually ahead of Bottas, but it's nowhere near... The, the gap between Hamilton and Bottas is nowhere near the gap between Verstappen and whoever's partnered him. Yeah. I mean, even Ricardo, even Ricardo, even Ricardo in the in you know his final season, yeah, and that's why he went away. He, I mean, you could say he might have been pushed out because Max was clearly the favourite, but you could see why he was the favourite. He was much much younger and a hell of a lot faster, a hell of a lot faster. He get, you know, he gets so much out of that car. It's unreal. It is unreal. It is unreal. Um, but yeah, I, I I hope I do hope it's the top three. I hope Albon doesn't get a podium because then mm. I think that I think that might put him at ease a little bit in the car. So, um, but yeah, that's my predictions. So, uh, Carl, do you want to do plugs? Yeah, um, you can find me at uh, Carlos underscore Fire eighty nine at Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at Rogue Opinions on Twitter and Instagram. Um, We've got quite a lot of stuff out. Nathan, Jimmy and Scott did um, a rather belated review of uh, Great American Bash and Fighter Fest uh, week two. So check that out. I did a a bit of a cluster F with uh, Liam on New Japan Pro Wrestling's um, Dominion and uh, New Japan Cup. So check that out if you want a bit of a laugh. And Reese's got a load of stuff coming our way as well. I have. It's what happens when I let you and Liam free. Yeah. You need need the steady presence of me there. (laughs) And (laughs) no, it was a fun thing. So, um, but yes, Carl said, I've got uh, a new episode, a new series coming out on Friday uh, where it's. Basically, you pick your five things that you want to throw in the bin. You have to persuade me. And I've had Nathan on, so that'll be the first one to listen to. And I've got many more in the future. Um, but, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Arsenal's995. And we're back to talk about the Hunger Hung- Hung- Grand Prix very soon. And also, Abad's Munich will be out very soon as well with me, Liam, and Carl. Carl, it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, it really has. And like, uh, and like Leclerc did to Vettel, I'm going to have to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, people. Mm-hmm.